This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. Growing up in this family, uh, there's, there's pretty much two requirements. You better eat fast or you're not going to eat. <laughs> and uh, be ready every morning to just wake up and pretty much have a fist fight. That's, uh, <laughs> whether it's an actual fist fight or it's, it's just an emotional fist fight, you're going to have one, one way or the other, pretty much every day. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. These segments, often a bit of a fist fight. As Rudy was just saying, this show, often, got to be ready for a fist fight. You, you just got to eat fast. Got to eat fast, gotta and you got to be fast. on your toes. Uh, I, I think that's uh, only only appropriate uh, and uh, certainly you know, now firmly etched into the, the stone that makes up Matt Verderham. That's right, Matt. I think you're carved out of stone. You can follow him on Twitter, at Matt Verderham. You can check out his work across FanSided. Check out the Stack in the Box podcast as well. Already got a little emergency pod flipped around on the uh, Baker Mayfield stuff. And uh, Matt, I, I know that we will certainly speak again uh, getting you into the rotation on the zone going into the future, but the last uh, the last Matt Verderam appearance on AES. Do you want to like drop an f bomb or something? Just make sure Rudy's on his toes. You know, it's funny. I actually like like listen. Uh, I I do I do a, a decent amount of shows these days, mostly because people have poor judgment. <laughs> and but I you know I go on the radio all over the country and hell even in Canada occasionally, which <laughs> might actually start a war. But I. This is the one show that I, I've always enjoyed doing the most, and for no other reason, um, because it's just, it's, it's like a, a conversation at a bar uh, that, that you, can, you can have on the radio. Now, I, I, don't, know, I don't know that any other show I, I do regularly that I could have sat there and done the Club Applebee's thing. <laughs> I feel like they would have cut me off about 30 seconds into that for fear of legal disaster. Um, you guys are like that's fine. Let's look it up. Let's let's just keep talking about it. So I, I will miss this show. I'm going to play it. The zone's great. Jason's awesome. I've gone on it many times. I look forward to doing it many more times. You guys, but yes, I, I will. I will miss what. Uh, Whatever this show is, I enjoy it. <laughs> that's about that's about as honest as I think any of us can say. I don't think any of us really this know. Show is yeah, we enjoyed it. Yeah, I, it, it honestly it's the perfect uh, perfect description of it. Yeah, we've got lots of we've got lots of little eulogies that we can kind of add together. That's a, that's about as good as it's gotten though. That's uh, that's very good and, and very kind. Well, look, you've always I've I've I'm sure I've said this to you and and certainly behind your back a number of times. You've understood what this show is at its best doing and I, I feel like you simply graced us with your, your Club Applebee's presence. I feel like we were we just happened to be at a concert of a of a great concert pianist who was just putting out absolute hit after hit on that night and uh, just just an honor to be here for it. Well thank you. of any spot I've ever done in my career, that that was my favorite. I don't very often, if ever, go back and listen to a spot that I've done. I just I don't have that big of an ego, despite maybe what some would say. <laughs> um, I, I've um, I've listened to that spot multiple times over the years, just to get a laugh if I'm on a long drive or something. Um, but yeah, but the, this show, um, I, again, I'd say for better or worse, but probably in this case for worse, um, it has allowed me to just be me, like I would be if I wasn't in front of people. Um, and so it's been good that Fansided hasn't fired me. Um, and it's been good that I'm, I'm still allowed to come on the air. So, listen, it's worked out. Well, look, that, that means a lot to me because that, uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm glad that's your lasting impression of this show. I, I really am. Um, but otherwise, if I don't now, if I don't pull the ripcord within the next like two minutes, the 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 next twenty are just going to be kind of like awkward compliments, and and I think that both of us are probably about out of them. I also don't know if you like how we segue from that to Baker Mayfield, though. I I really don't. I need I need one more miracle from you, Matt, which is to come up with a segue. Well, I, I'll give you a segue. I don't have a lot of compliments for Baker Mayfield, and I certainly <laughs> don't have any to play Um So I'm just for backing on because that's kind of typically what I do. Um, <laughs> Look, the, the Browns did something today that really there should be a 30 for 30 on and maybe even like a series, like a three-parter. The Browns took a guy, first overall, who in his four years as a quarterback, and in today's NFL, you can be a steaming pile as a quarterback and you're still worth something because if you can throw the ball at all, you can play. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger proved that the last year. Um <laughs> He, for all the stuff that's said about Baker, and I, I, I am not a big Baker Mayfield guy, but two of his four years in Cleveland, he was good. And last year, he basically played with a broken body. And you could argue, hey, hurt the team, help the team, whatever. The point is, he's had good moments. He is in his mid-20s. He's a former number one overall pick. He is the only quarterback to lead the Browns to a playoff win since the end of the Reagan administration. <laughs> and the Browns somehow managed to turn that into $230 million guaranteed for a guy who, when they signed Deshaun Watson, was facing two dozen civil suits, still facing four, and God knows what kind of a suspension he's going to get. And they turned Mayfield into a conditional 2024 fifth-round pick while they eat $10.5 million. Consider the following briefly. They will play the Panthers in week one. When they take the field, two-thirds of that game check for Baker Mayfield will be paid by Cleveland. It's unbelievable. 2022 Cleveland Browns, everybody. There it is. It it also, I'm so glad that's the part of it that leapt out to you uh, because it is, like, the Browns are historically bad at getting the quarterback position right. We know that. They finally ended up with at least a good asset of a quarterback who, and look, again, there, there's plenty of reasonable minds can, can find some wiggle room on Baker Mayfield. But to your point, sure. Mitch Trubisky was going to be the savior for a hot second in Pittsburgh. It still might have to start. I don't know. They they got a, a good quarterback. Maybe not a great one. They got a good quarterback whose worst football came with his shoulder being like torn into smithereens and then sold the lowest anyone's ever possibly sold on a quarterback who recently had real value. I just, it, it, is, it is stunning how much they played themselves on this. And, and to your Deshaun Watson point, that they didn't have to even do it in this order, really. They were just so eager to get oh. themselves two dozen civil suits and, and sexual assault allegations that they just had to jump at the opportunity. Here's the thing with the Browns, and we look, we could do an entire show on this. The, the Browns, as I said, really, a 30 for 30 is not even doing it justice. But when you think about this from an asset management standpoint, I, I reached out to somebody of prominence in, a, in an NFL front office today and said, what do you think? Like, what, what is your opinion of this? And he basically, I'm, I'm, I'm summarizing a little bit, but it was like, the Browns' asset management was a disaster. Like, that's what I think of it. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm willing to bet if I had sampled 15 more guys in front offices, I'm willing to bet it pretty much would have been a consensus. Yeah. Like, Baker Mayfield in week one last year went toe-to-toe with Mahomes at Arrowhead Stadium. Mm. Without Beckham, 
went toe-to-toe, lost the game, didn't finish it off, fair enough, but went toe-to-toe, played great in the game. The Panthers got him for a conditional fit. Now, the Panthers are not exactly a franchise known to have great evaluational skills. Right. And yet, we're able to find a way to get Baker on the, on the team for nothing, which, by the way, let's say he's just a guy this year, and he moves on, and he signs somewhere. The Panthers are going to get a compensatory case. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, this is going to cost the Panthers nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing but $5 million this year in cap space. Who cares? So, it's a great move for them, because there's no downside. But for Cleveland... Like, this did not have to happen. Now, if they wanted to move on from it, if they got to the end of the season, Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry got together to sit along, whether because of personality, play on the field, combination, we want to move on. Okay, sure, I can hear that. Then why don't you move him in March when Carson Wentz was worth a day two pick? Like, why would you wait? Let it leak out that you're interested in Watson, which you had to have known if you're in the NFL for 30 seconds. That's going to leak out. Yes. It leaks out. Then it comes out from a, apparently from a team source to Chris Morton that, that the Browns want a leader at quarterback, which that quote remains an all-time. All-timer. And then, and then Mayfield releases this letter to basically saying, hey, thanks, Cleveland. Thanks for the memories. I'm out. The next day, Watson's camp leaks out. Yeah, you know what? They're not in the bidding anymore. It's for Atlanta and New Orleans. I would have paid a week's salary to be in the Browns building when they realized we have torched the bridge with napalm to Baker Mayfield. And now Deshaun Watson is not interested in us. What do we have to do? Which led to $230 million guaranteed and the finagling of the finances for this year. If the Browns had pulled a guy drunk off of Corona Extra out of the eighth (laughs) row and said, hey, bud, Take a shot at this. See what you've got this offseason. He could not have mismanaged that situation worse than the Browns did. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Wentz also. We, the, the Panthers are a funny example of this. I agree that this, this trade makes sense for them and, and all value. But they just gave, they gave up a second for Sam Darnold last year, right? And then you mentioned yeah. uh, the, all the picks in, two, in back-to-back seasons for Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan right. moves. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo is still stuck in San Francisco. I I think I'd rather have. I'd have to go through. I'm sure there'd be some that, that I would. I would sparse the, the differences between. But like I, I would say that those guys are all. Baker Mayfield is either pretty much the same as any of those guys, or better than any of those guys. Maybe I, I'd like to see Matt Ryan and Indy. I'm kind of. I'm interested in that. But the the idea that you could get him for a fraction of the price for a player who has played better football more recently. Is is just baffling. So uh, as we have, you know, you've obliterated the, the Browns and rightfully so. Was there anything in the rest of the NFL that caught you by surprise on this one? Were you surprised at all that it was just the Panthers, or is that all about when the when the Browns decided to sell? No, like I wrote in Stack the Box on Monday morning that I don't understand why anybody thinks he's going to Seattle. It mm. makes absolutely no sense. Carolina is the only bitter in this. Uh, which is why Briscoe, damn it, reached back in the box. You'll learn something. <laughs> um, but I wrote, you know, I, I first learned how to read. But I, I wrote in the column. I got the headline down. It makes no sense. If you're Seattle, you've got, if they go 4 and 13 this year, John Snyder's not getting fired. Mm. He's, he's got all kinds of currency built up. Mm. Pete Carroll, now he's 70 years old. Maybe he just decides it's time, but he, he's not getting fired. Right. Like, and they have two first round picks because they have Denver's pick. Mm hmm. So they can get a quarterback. They're fine. It's a quarterback-rich draft, according to anybody who goes to speak to in the NFL. Um, 
Carolina is different. If Carolina's a win this year, Matt Rule's put it for sale for sale sign in the lawn. Yep. Okay. So they need to win this year. It's different. Um, I think the team that screws the most is San Francisco because I don't know where they're moving Garoppolo. Like that now becomes a situation where I think you roll into training camp with him yeah. and you wait if somebody gets hurt. I mean, and then you maybe you've got some leverage there. But other than that, where is he going? I don't know any other team that needs a guy. I, I don't think there is anybody. Um, the Niners are going to have to eat a bunch of that money. They own twenty-eight million bucks this year, and you know, look, could they move him at some point? If a guy gets hurt, sure, absolutely. But it's going to be really interesting because they want to roll with Trey Lance, and if Trey Lance is not good right off the bat, mm. you're going to have a lot of people in that room looking around, going, "Look, say whatever you want about Jimmy G. Uh, two of the last three years, he's at least gotten to the NFC title game." So. That creates a situation. And by the way, to put a bow on it with Mayfield, I he is not Matt Ryan. I would take him over Carson Wentz any day of the week. I agree. Any day of the week. And for all the people out there, if you have a Baker's person, let me tell you something. Uh, that's fine. That's probably even fair. I don't think Carson Wentz is, is uh, winning any popularity contests around his locker room. <laughs> fair, so, good point. I, I, okay, I'll, I'll put it that way. Um yeah, usually, like when you hear that kind of stuff about a player, whether it's out in public or behind the scenes. People will come to that guy's defense. I'm still waiting for the first person to come to his defense, um, publicly or privately. And so, look, Wentz, Wentz has better arm talent. Mm-hmm. Wentz has never been a better player, except for one year yep. than Mayfield. Um, and, and, and he's been traded, as you point out, the Colts gave up a first and a third for him. Unbelievable, man. Like, Unbelievable. What an astronomical contract. By the way, yes. Where the, the Eagles weren't, they did not want him anymore. That didn't hurt the Eagles. They were thrilled. The Eagles willfully took on thirty-four million of dead cap to get rid of him. <sighs> I mean, that's all you need to know about that situation. Uh, Mayfield is not great, but I sat there for fan side today, and I, made, I just did a little fun exercise. I ranked quarterbacks, yeah. which I do every week during the season anyway. But I figured, what the hell, I'm going to jump on it, and I, I just sat it down, and kind of scratched it out real quick. I think Mayfield's anywhere, depending on your ranking of him, between like the 16th and 20th best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's not above average, but he's pretty average. Like, you, yeah. like he's not—he's not Daniel Jones. Right. Like He's—you can win nine or ten games with Baker Mayfield. You're not going to win the Super Bowl, but you can win games with him. This is a much bigger quarterback conversation that I guess is probably appropriate for like early July. But whenever you went through and, and did that, and you, you know, kind of ended up with with some approximate tiers like that, did did you find anything that that surprised you at all? Because you know, you've got your elite of the elite. Like, hey, these guys can take an average team and win a Super Bowl. Maybe even with a below average team, depending right. on who you're talking about. And then you've got. Whatever I don't know what you would even call the, the tiers after or how many more you would have. But I, I'm interested in if you were an NFL GM, where you would draw your line and say, hey, if we don't have one of these top whatever guys, you can give me Daniel Jones. Or is there always value to having a Baker Mayfield, depending on your, your situation? If I was an NFL GM, first of all, that would be a short-lasted stint. <laughs> yeah. um, probably more because of PR than anything else. True. But, uh, your Applebee's um, sponsorship, your, the official, the official late-night home for the Kansas City Chiefs would really have to go. Yeah, so-and-so, sponsored by Jim Beam. Um, <laughs> I, I think if I was a GM, I'd feel like if I, can't, if I am looking at my team and I feel like the quarterback that I have can't be a Super Bowl champion on his own merits, not because some team carried him there, like, if he's not good enough to lead a team, then I would rather just bottom out and get another quarterback. Yeah. 
Now, the, the problem with that is is you may have one shot at that. Yep. Because the, GM, the, the GM's not going to get four shots at a quarterback. Okay? Unless he's Ryan Pace, in which case he might. <laughs> um, but most GMs, you get, you get one shot. Um, which is why which is why you see the Kirk Cousins of the world. Yeah. They, they get jobs because they keep jobs. Um, look, when I did the I, – I would say tiers-wise, like, to me, to, to break it down pretty easily – I think there are tiers of guys, the bottom tier, you're always looking to replace. You know, uh, guys who, you know, what, you know, at this point, um, you know, somebody like Daniel Jones, who I think the Giants, unless it's a great year, they'll move on from. Or, uh, you know, like Marcus Mariota. I mean, the Falcons have moved on from him yesterday. Or, or, or Trubisky. And then there's, I think, which is, the next tier is probably half the league, if not even a little more. Yeah. It's, it's just guys. You yeah. know, it's guys who you're like, like kind of like cousins, you know, or a guy like Tannehill, who if the, if everything works around them, they can win games. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo. If it, but if if the talent's not great around them, they're probably not going to elevate the talent very much. Right. I think looking at the league right now, there's probably I don't want to forget anybody. I'd say maybe a quarter of the league are guys that you feel to varying degrees. Or guys that like they can drive the play in a big time game and win. You know, and, and to me, that's the Holmes, Allen, Rogers. Although Rogers in the playoffs lately is a disaster, but I think you can obviously do it. Brady, Burrow, Herbert, Stafford, and then after that, I mean, I I don't throw Dak in that mix. I think Dak's more cousins than he is Allen. Like I, I mean. Lamar's a really hard evaluation because, on one hand, fewer guys in the league are harder to defend and scarier. On the other hand, if he's trailing by 10 in the playoff game, you feel pretty good. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I like Derek Carr more than most. Oh, and the other guy I, I would throw in there, I forgot, is, is Russell Wilson. Is Lamar Jackson oh. on that on the right side of that? He's an interesting one. He's just I just find him intriguing. I, I feel like Jackson... Carr, Murray, Dak are kind of like in between tier one and tier two. Yeah. I think of those four guys, I think Lamar's probably on the cusp more than the others. The thing, the problem I have with Lamar, and to be fair to him, I don't know if this is so much of a Lamar problem as much as it's a Ravens problem. Mm-hmm. The way they play and the way they're built, if they get down by a couple scores, you just feel like. They're they're not coming back. Yep. Whereas with those other guys, it, you almost fear them more in a way because it's like, oh god, now they're just <laughs> going to throw the ball every time. You start he- hearing the Jaws music. Yeah, like like you know, like like last year, you know, look, people are still talking about that Chiefs Bills game. Yep. And as crazy as that game was, and as crazy as thirteen seconds was, and I don't know if you'll ever see Mahomes do something like quite like that again, but. After that game, as crazy as it was, there was a part of me that was like, "I'm not totally surprised that they scored there." Right? Like, yeah. you know, like I'm not like when they got the first of those two plays to tie the game to the to play the hill. When they got to the 44 yard line, I remember distinctly thinking, "They're going to at least have a shot to tie this game." He he's going to hit somebody for like 15 yards. Not even though they hit him for 25 yards, but. I think those guys, the Mahomeses, the Allens, the, the Rodgers, the Bradys, those are the guys that, like, 
even when things aren't going well around them, they can win a playoff game because they're just that great. Whereas I, I do think I think that even separates them from guys like Herbert, who I, I love Herbert's talent, but like you've never been in a playoff game. Yep. I mean, you know, Stafford is great as he is. He won the Super Bowl. Let's give credit to him. But I don't like I don't look at Stafford the same way I look at Mahomes or Allen. I just don't. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about a Chiefs thing here really quick because you, you tweeted about it this morning and it's a name that I uh, has just sort of popped up a little more here and there lately and maybe he's just getting a little more unhappy or maybe it's just that training camp is around the corner. But but explain your logic on, on why Robert Quinn still makes so much sense for the Chiefs at this point because uh, I, I, I think that your case is a strong one. I, I don't know any explanation. Um, no, I, I think, look, Robert Quinn has had double-digit sacks two of the last three years. He had 11 and a half back in 2019. He had a down year in 2020. He had 18 and a half last year on a team that was trailing constantly. Um, I look at Robert Quinn, and I get he's in his 30s, and he's expensive. But if they trade for him, he, they incur no dead money. So it's essentially a three-year deal, but it's all team options. If they were to move on, they just move on. No big deal. No harm, no foul. There's, there's no penalty. Um, the only downside is you wouldn't be able to roll over that whatever it is, like $13 million in cap space this year that you would be putting on, on to Quinn's salary. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at the Chiefs, and I'm thinking, what is their biggest weakness? It's their pass rush. 100%. I, I don't know that anybody with eyes would argue that. right? I mean, unless you just think Carl Loftus is going to be Reggie White as a rookie. Right. Uh, Frank Clark has shown no inclination that he's ever going back to being a double-digit sack guy. And Chris Jones is amazing. But unless, again, unless Carl Loftus is an impact guy right away, like he's the one guy who's the proven guy, and that's about it. So if I'm the Chiefs, look, you know Ryan Poles. He just left your organization to go be the GM in Chicago. I would imagine he's got a relationship with Brett Veach, who was his boss the last handful of years. Um, the Chiefs have the cap space. They have 12 picks next year. In a, in a twist of irony, they could, and I'm not saying they would give up a pick this high, but if, for whatever reason, maybe if they want the Bears to eat some of the money and they want to sweeten the pot a little bit, they could give the pick to the Bears that the Chiefs got for Ryan Poles getting hired there. <laughs> That's fine. I, mean, I like that. Yeah, so like, now I don't think it would cost a third. I think it would cost probably a day three pick. I think it would be a you know, fifth-round pick, something like that. And again, if they want the Bears to eat money for some reason, then the pick goes up. But, like, if you're the Chiefs, what is the downside? Even if he goes to the Chiefs and he has 10 sacks instead of 18 and a half, okay, that might lead the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer. And if you're the Bears, it's a complete no-brainer. Look, you're getting rid of money and you're getting a pick and you're completely rebuilding the team anyway. Why wouldn't you do that? I, I think for the Chiefs, I don't see why you wouldn't make that deal. And I have sniffed around that a little bit. I, I can, I mean, it's not really much of an update, but I would say I have not been told that the Chiefs are involved, but I also haven't been told that the Chiefs aren't interested either. Mm. So take that forward for it. But um, I don't know. I, I think for the Chiefs, it makes a lot of sense. It's your biggest weakness. Yeah, I, I 100% think that it makes sense, specifically with all of the details on the contract. Um, I'll retweet this tweet also so people can see the, the initial numbers and then what you had as well. Um, I, I think it makes a ton of sense because 
like you said, the, the idea that, hey, th- these are three one-year team options in a row. If if he has an incredible year, you've paid $13 to con- or $13 would be a great deal. $13 million, that would really be huge. For for then, you know, a, a buy low still, because you've got him under control for two more years if you want to keep running it back. Yeah. If he busts out like a nightmare, he's going to cost a little more than Frank Clark. He'll cost less than Frank Clark has when he has been kind of a nightmare. Like, it just... If they if they had a rotation, if they had George Karloftis and I was gonna say David Ojabo, but that would have been a weird example because he's not gonna play right away. But if they would have like doubled down on the position in the draft and they wanted to get reps to the young guys or whatever, different story. Yeah, different story. Yeah. But in this instance, it's just Karloftis, Frank Clark, and then we get to like Mike Dana and Josh Kando, and that that feels like an impossible strategy. But they made it this far without without addressing it beyond that. That's the other part of this. Like, I think sometimes, and, and media is as guilty as fans of this, so I'm not saying fans. Everybody does. The, people look at depth charts yes. going into July, and they forget that injuries happen. Mm-hmm. And people, you always hear, like, oh, we're, we're good at this position. And then some guy, like, has a high ankle sprain, and he's out four to six weeks. And the, the, the backup comes in, and everybody's, like, flipping through the program all of a sudden. Yep. Like, Who, who's that? Who's playing? Where'd they get this guy? Like, every year happens at some position. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm a, I am 100% in on Robert Quinn. Like, what, what is the downside of that? I don't and, – and look, they're, they're competing for Super Bowl. They're trying to win Super Bowl. They're not, they're not some team that's hoping to win eight games this year. And they kind of – let's be honest. I mean, they stood mostly pat this offseason. Obviously, it, they, I think by all counts, had a very good draft, very intriguing draft. They – Watch the Bills get Von Miller. They watch everybody in their division go out and get a star player. Everybody. Multiple star players. Like, if you're the Chiefs, you bite back a little bit if you get Robert Quinn. Yeah. That's, I mean, Robert Quinn, at this point in time, is a better pass rusher than Randy Gregory is. Mm. He had a much better year last year than Khalil Mack. Now, Khalil Mack, yeah, obviously, has a better career. But Quinn, at this point... Maybe he's got more gas in the tank. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does. But it's arguable. If I'm the Chiefs, I my biggest fear if I'm the Chiefs is Carl Loftus either needs to develop yes. during the season, or one of them gets hurt on the edge, and then it's Joshua Kando eighty snaps a game because you have no clue if that's going to be okay or if that's going to be a oh my god we need a Melvin Ingram situation again because nobody can get a pass rush. And our corners are getting killed because guys eight seconds to throw the ball. Um, yeah, I think I think you have to aggressively attack that. This might belabor the point, but you you just touched on it. I think, and I'm, I'm going to make an even further distinction. It's not just that the edge position is the biggest weakness on the team right now. I view it as a legitimate threat to their ability to win the Super Bowl this year. Like, oh, I, it definitely is. I don't know that Sky Moore or Juju Smith-Schuster or Marcos Valdez-Scantling, if, if, if two of those guys underperform expectations, you still have Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and one of those guys just being okay. Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to Travis Kelsey and McCole Hardman all year long, this is a playoff team, I think. You know, like, there, there is still Patrick Mahomes to change that. There, there is not an equivalent on the defensive side. Chris Jones is about as close as you can get outside of Aaron and Donald in terms of hey you got a guy who can be disruptive but if you if you look into a crystal ball and say hey the Chiefs got bounced in the first round of the playoffs what happened I, I think you're gonna you're gonna That's say why. the pass rush never got yep. home 
Essentially, look, and, and, and since I know this is the last time, I'm going yes, to finish this up in, in, in the style only the show deserves. Beautiful. Fantastic. Um, look, so here's the deal. If they lose in the playoffs, it ain't going to be because of their offense. Okay? All these people who are so worried about Tyreek Hill, look, I get it. And I think it's going to hurt them. I do. I think mm-hmm. it's going to hurt them in third down. I think it's going to hurt them in the red zone. That being said, you have Patrick Mahomes and a great offensive line, you're going to score a lot of points. Like, it's, believe me, it's going to happen. Like, when, when Byron Pringle was needed, they just threw the ball to Byron Pringle and turned him into John Taylor, like, <laughs> randomly. It's fine. Albert Wilson got $24 million based on one game with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, and Albert Wilson, listen, good on him, has not been overly productive since that day. Right. All right? The, po- the point being, Mahomes will turn water into wine with a lot of guys. They, they do not need to go out and invest in absolute tons. By the way, that's part of the reason they trade Hill. They, they, they probably felt that way. They're probably confident in the fact that Mahomes can elevate Unless I miss some huge announcement this offseason, Mahomes is not playing defense this year for the Chiefs. And that is the problem. He can't elevate them. But that unit, which, by the way, I think is a much higher ceiling now because it's more athletic, it's faster, it, it's more physical. I like what they've done. But I also think with the youth movement, you're going to incur some growing pains. It's going to happen. And in the AFC, when you look at who they're going to have to beat when it matters, and they're going to be there, they're going to be in the playoffs as long as the Hall is healthy. They're going to have to beat Herbert, potentially, Burrow, Allen, Lamar, Russell Wilson. You're not in the NFC where you're going to get into some playoff game and Carson Wentz is going to be dawdling on the other side. But that's not going to happen. So you're going to have to beat an elite quarterback who, let's face it, how do you, how do you beat an elite quarterback? You get pressure. And that, that is the number one way to do it. And I think, if you look at them right now, look, I feel pretty good about every other position group on the team. I really, even running back, it's like, look, you're not like overly enthused about it, but they're fine. Yep. But they have enough guys there. Like, they'll piece it together. They'll be responsible when we run the ball. Defensively, a corner, I think as long as McDuffie's not a bust, of fine. They're okay. You can worry about the depth a little, but they drafted a lot of guys there. They're good at backer. You worry about their edge. I mean, that, that to me is the spot when you look at them, that, that could absolutely be the reason, like you said, you look and go, wow, they, they gave up 400 yards to Herbert in a playoff game because they just they couldn't touch him. Yep. I mean, that. That's how you lose. And it's also the reason that Spagnuolo will have to blitz like crazy. And then you're exposing all these corners one-on-one in a division where, like, the seventh best receiver is Cortland Sutton. Yep. So, it's a problem. I, I feel like you just looked into a crystal ball. You just stepped out of a time machine from the future to warn us of what was coming. Um, maybe they'll trade for Robert Quinn and, uh, and change the whole timeline. Um, but, Matt, you're the best. It's always uh, been a pleasure to talk to you here. I'm, I'm sure I'll talk to you plenty through the zone. I'm sure we'll, uh, we're going to have some sort of almost entirely sports podcast sort of realm. Whenever you really get just a, uh, an absolute uh, desire burning in your heart to talk about fast, casual dining of some sort, we will find a way to do that. Um, but uh, for the radio side of all this, been a pleasure every time you've been on. Always appreciate um, having you around, and I, I really can never thank you enough for taking us inside Club Applebee's. I'm sorry that I couldn't have ended the show sooner with, <laughs> with some kind of heinous remarks that got everybody in trouble with the FCC, but I did what I could. You guys survived. Congratulations. I love coming on, and I look forward to uh, I look forward to terrifying people who listen to the zone going forward. I look forward to being there for it. Appreciate you, Matt. Thank you. Thanks a lot.
That is the untouchable Matt Verderam of Fansided. Even he couldn't bring this show down. We were pretty low to the ground to begin with. Follow him on Twitter, at Matt Verderam. And uh, I know this is going to be true for people who are listening to this show, but continue to to follow and support the people that you've you've found through this show. That's a, that's a, a legacy I'll be proud to leave. That might have been a bit much. You couldn't even hear the end of my voice crack. I was a bit on the nose. But it was a bad voice crack. Yeah, it wasn't even. A, I can't even get a voice crack right at the end. Was that better at least? Yeah. Look, I just got to get a good fake cry down by Monday. This is almost entirely sports with Joshua Briscoe. One thing that Tequila Cowboy is, is getting sued by me because that's my nickname. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thanks again to Matt Verderam of Fansided. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. A lot of things we could talk about over the uh, the remainder of this show today, both show related and beyond. Go Can ahead. Can I throw Reed. in? Uh, this is something I thought of um, during uh, the interview with Matt Verdram. It's always so great um, for people who enjoy the Twitch. There's there's a decent chance you'll see me pop up in the Twitch from time to time between Ooh. 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. So you know, for the especially for the the Twitch, you know, uh, listeners, uh, watchers, I'll be pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, now I'll clearly anytime the camera is on you, I will mute it, turn away, do whatever I'm doing. Whenever I see Jason back fine. on, then I'll pay attention. Right. No, that's, I think that's as you should just, just keep having the watching going. But I will leave it on a tap. That's all I ask. Just really just help pump those numbers. Um, I, I have a, uh, an award to give out here in this segment. Yes. And it's going to an American hero. I almost asked why you highlighted this in the document, but I, now I know. It's because it just sort of collided this way, and collide is about the word. Now, Rudy, you have often proclaimed that your favorite president is, of course, our greatest president. Benjamin Franklin. I don't, I don't think I, it's a proclamation as much as it's just a fact. Sure. It's just that is something that I know you have been so outspoken about and very yes, brave of you. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I do realize that in the internet age, this is a sentence I'm immediately going to regret. So I'm going to frame it a little differently. I think Joey Chestnut, if not the next president, should be the next mascot of America. Better job. Definitely the better job. Definitely. Joey Chestnut should be named the official mascot of America. He won yet another Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Rudy, will you see how many in a row that is at this point? Do you know off the top of your head? Or 15, 15, 15. It was 14 because there was a graphic. Um, I I might want to double check because I'm pretty sure this graphic was before he won, not after. But there was a graphic on athletes, most most individual titles, like an event won by any athlete. And it was him and um, Federa who had won. Or maybe it was Nadal who had won 14 uh, whatever tournament is on clay court, I forget which what that what that is. I'm not going to be able to help on tennis right now. Nadal's just he's just he's good on clay courts. Um, or and it might have been Federer, one of those two, right? And they were tied at 14, and I think that came out before the hot dog eating contest, which means he's won 15 now. We definitely both could have googled it. We could have both googled it in the time that you went through that explanation. Could not remember the name of the clay court, and uh, and then switched up uh, Nadal and Federer. So I'm not sure. 
here's the thing. And now, since then, Joey Chestnut has since said that he regretted 15 this. Titles. 15 titles. Yes. Now, so he's the, he's, the, he's the undisputed champion. He, no, no athlete has won any specific event, trophy, whatever, championship than Joey Chestnut in the world. So as America's greatest competitor, as the world's greatest competitor, as the world's greatest American, some are saying, mid-hot dog eating contest, a protester runs up onto the stage. And I believe watching the film, the, the, re-watching the film, the footage, that they were just sort of looking for a spot. And they saw somewhere towards the middle a little gap between Joey Chestnut and the competitor to his right. Yes. Now, listen, first of all, protesting is an important part of um, a functioning society, and protesting is good. Uh, that's great. I've probably got mixed feelings on, you know, like throwing yourself into the middle of a hot dog competition or whatever. You know, there, I'm also, should probably check, appears to be some sort of animal rights thing. That was also the, the crux of some of those protests going on to the NBA playoffs. We also, as a country, could probably just treat animals better. I think that's important and I'm brave for saying it thank you thank you at some point people are going to realize there are only two of us here and they heard two people clapping so clearly I was clapping for myself I felt like I, it was implied there's also video footage of this oh no I've seen the footage no I mean oh, of you the clapping, clapping for yourself dang twitch if you were one or I was doing I had an itch on my foot I'd take care of I'm glad I took care of it still very itchy. The top of my foot the last like 24 hours has been very itchy. I will also say this. If you're the protester here, you've, you've gotten your sign in front of a lot of eyeballs. So I hope that they're actually happy with their protest. If it's a good cost. Joey Chestnut since expresses some regret for this. But here's the thing. In this moment, Joey Chestnut is like 15 hot dogs deep. And whenever his... He is a, seems like a soft-spoken, well, well-mannered individual. But he was, he was disrupted when he was in his hot dog mind palace. And he puts this person in a chokehold and then drops them to the ground in a way that if you, after the fact, would have been told that this person died right then because he snapped their neck, you would not. You would not have even questioned it. Now it appears that, once again, this person is fine. And it was just sort of a... It was how you would treat, like, a streaker running across the field at a football in a football uh, game. But Joey Chestnut was the one who made the entire... The entire scene was about him. While eating hot dogs. And then so he says, as soon as I grabbed the guy, I realized he was a kid. I felt bad afterwards. I was just amped up. Just focus on getting back to eating. It's just unfortunate. I wish that didn't happen. It's a bummer. Reviewing the video of his takedown. This is from CBSSports.com. Chestnut likened his reaction to the protester storming the stage and making bodily contact with him to a dog exhibiting food aggression. Chestnut also believes that the protester's mask, a Darth Vader mask, triggered a reaction that he may have not have otherwise had. Quote, in my position, I don't know, I had been waiting a long time for the contest and wished the protester had just stood by me and I never would have touched him, Chestnut said. If I, he hadn't elbowed me and got in front of me, it would not have been a problem, but I also wish they didn't get on stage. The protester here is protesting um, Smithfield's food circle for farms, largest factory pig farm in the country. 
The group alleges that Smithfield, of which Nathan's is a licensed brand, aha, compromises worker safety, public health, and animal welfare. Um, the protester is 21 years old, not a literal child. Young man. Young man. And old kid. Once, a, once again, I feel like worker safety, public health, and animal welfare are all things that you yeah. should, you know, want more of. They're important. With that being said, this is one of the most incredible athletic achievements of our lifetimes. 15 dubs for Joey Chestnut and mid altercation, mid, mid Super Bowl. This isn't in the huddle. Nope. This isn't between plays. Uh-uh. Tyreek Hill is running a route and a protester shows up in front. Of, let's just make it a person. I, I don't like villainizing the word protester. A hooligan <laughs> shows up in front of Tyreek Hill and he just like grabs hooligan. them. Where's the soccer ball? Tosses them off off. Off of the field of play, resumes his route, catches a touchdown, wins the Super Bowl on a last-second catch. I mean, that kind of happened. It was just what Sammy Watkins did to Richard Sherman. It's a great point, Rudy. Thank you. A great point. Do you want to know uh, some fun facts about Joey Chestnut? He went on and won the thing. Yes. He has 55 world records currently. 55. Give me another Joey Chestnut fact. You just, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give you a rattle couple. Rattle them off. I'm gonna rattle off some of these. I'm giving this guy a ring at the end of the segment. 141 hard-boiled eggs in eight minutes. Yes. 55 glazed donuts in eight minutes. Wow. 45 pulled pork sandwiches in ten. Those donuts would literally kill me. 53 Taco Bell soft-shell beef tacos in ten. There is not enough insulin for any of this. 182 chicken wings, long form. I don't know what that means. In 30 minutes. I think that means they're still attached at the at the elbow or whatever. Possibly. 390 shrimp wontons in eight minutes. What? 121 what? Twinkies in six minutes. I could do that. Here's my favorite one. 413 chicken wings in 12 hours. This man Hit me that one one more time. 413 chicken wings in 12 hours. He's not just a sprinter, ladies and gentlemen. He's a marathon runner, too. 32 Big Macs in 38 minutes. That's shockingly low. If th- that's what I thought as well. 100 and 102 tamales in 12 minutes. Those Big Macs must be dense. <laughs> 47 grilled cheese sandwiches in 10 minutes. 25 and a half ice cream sandwiches in 6 minutes. Which Say that a, one again? 25 and a half ice cream sandwiches in 6, which is impressive because it's so just it's cold, cold, man. So cold. Uh, 165 pierogies in 8 minutes. <laughs> Forty-three pepperoni rolls in ten minutes. Wow! I mean, this man, eighty-one mutton sandwiches in ten minutes. Just a, he's just I, a hero. I don't really, I don't know if I know what this is. Three hundred and eighty-four gyozas, gyoza. It sounds G-Y-O-Z-A very familiar. in ten minutes. That feels like something I've learned about on one of my many food shows. I believe that it's an Asian dish of some sort. Oh, Japanese pot stickers. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know. I know exactly what it is. Yeah, like how many those and how much? Uh, let me scroll back down. It was three hundred and eighty-four, if I remember right. Three hundred and eighty-four. That's fine. You know what? The three hundred eighty-four. Oh, uh, one more. Two hundred and fifty-seven Hostess donuts, and. Six minutes. No. No. Okay. Think about that just real quick. Or oh, hold up. Yeah. Yeah. Six minutes. In six I make minutes, sure I wasn't reading the wrong one. How many of those little donuts could you actually eat in six minutes? I think if you were if Ten? you were really trying, I think you could probably get one every thirty seconds. I like yeah. get you to twelve. Yeah, that he ate about how right. many? 
257. The man is a national treasure, a yep. national hero, and deserving of this week's edition of Who Gets the Ring, brought to you by Ruback Fine Jewelry. I, I love telling you about Ruback Fine Jewelry almost as much a little more even then I love telling you about Joey Chestnut's world records and, and how this man has ascended yet another plane he did an amazing athletic achievement and then also expressed some regret for maybe going out a little too hard not the hot dog eating that was the dispatching of the stranger at that point he just knew them to be a stranger who was impacting him while he was in peak performance mode man that man is, is an absolute machine uh, and, and I, I can't imagine there being anything else anywhere in the world that has as high of a success rate as Joey Chestnut or at least I couldn't until I went to Ruback Fine Jewelry. Because I have seen every step of this process now, because that's where I went whenever I went shopping for my engagement ring for fiance Renee. Shopping's not even the right word. I went in and said, hi, Hal, I really need some help. Can you please help me? Go go to Ruback, talk to Hal. He's got decades of experience in the jewelry industry, and he'll be able to tell you, hey, here's what this will look like, here's what it'll cost. Here's why I like this idea. Here's why I don't think you should do that. Any question you have, and he won't be pushy. He knows that it, you know, he, he's there for... To, to bring your ideas to life. When I walked in, I told them the same thing I've told like tattoo artists and stuff. I say, hello. I'm not equipped to make all of these decisions my, myself. I really rely on your expertise here. And Hal was a, a wealth of knowledge, and, and but not in an overwhelming way. Like, hey, you know, let's let's take these ideas and, and bring it to life. Uh, and and Ruback did it at an absolutely impeccable Joey Chestnut-like clip. Um, I'm, I'm incredibly glad that I went to Ruback, and you will be as well. I've been serving Kansas City for more than 100 years, and I always tell you, local supporting a local business like that rules. Supporting one who's been here for a, a century is incredible. And if you think, I just don't know what to do, where to begin, what my budget is, start with Ruback and, and ask them the questions that you need the answers to. How is the guy to get you those answers? You can go to Ruback.co to make your appointment. That's R-U-B-A-C-K dot C-O. Visit them online there. Get your appointment set up. They're right here in the Kansas City area. And you can get all the information you need at Ruback.co. You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. Human Torch says, I was too old and didn't smoke weed, so I'm out on SpongeBob. I was exactly the right age, and 13 was, I don't I, know. that's when I smoked the most weed. With Joshua Briscoe. My my 13th birthday party was pirate theme. My 14th birthday party theme? The Devil's Lettuce. <laughs> and SpongeBob. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. From Aspen on Twitch. About Joey Chestnut, you could say he got that dog in him, but technically he had 17 dogs in him at the time he took down that hooligan. It's a good joke. (laughs) It's a good... I saw that over there and I just wanted to sit in silence till we came back. It's a good joke. It's very good. Also from uh, Iced Pyro, did you see the protesters that laid down on the track at the F1 race in England? Um, it's a category, bold move. Categories, I'm sure it's a worthy cause. That's a game of chicken. I'm not playing. So they ran out, uh, Iced Pyro said, so they ran out right as the race started. Lucky for them, there was a wreck immediately. So there was a red flag that stopped the. Re- God, could you imagine? What do you- hey, guys. Hey, guys, what's your plan? This also did just remind me that there was a, there was a trolley problem generator sort of thing that I put in the Google Doc that I thought might be a fun last week of AES thing to do at some point. Really put our, our base moral philosophies out there in front of people. Yeah. That just feels like a Charlie problem where the conductor doesn't know that there are people on the tracks. That seems dangerous. So, don't hurt yourself, but, you know, the protesting is good and important. 
I'm Joshua Briscoe, and I approve of this message. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Bye, Mom.